I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast. Okay, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. And I've been listening to 610 since back in the 80s. This is the best combination for afternoon drive time sports radio I've ever heard. Show, Clint, you guys got it going on, man. I really appreciate your show. Best hair at the station, this entire show right here. React to that. Clint, you can put your toes up in the river, my man, and pop that cord light. I love beer. Hey, gentlemen. A show and Clinton show. I love the show. You guys are great. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Somebody out there listening right Ooh, now. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. Is that Mike Hot Top? I'm going to kick your ass, Tyler. I'll tell you <laughs> Whoa, what? You're talking all that, man. What's up? How y'all doing, man? <laughs> Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Cuba. Ah! Drive is live and damn sure in color and damn sure in the hose. Let's turn her out again, but in his place, Brandon Scott, SportsRadio610.com. Now we do live up to still having the best hair of any show in the station. The <laughs> you last, read my mind. The last yeah. two days. And I had to let it down, too, baby. I had to yeah, let it down let for it you. Down. The last so two days, did. Sean Bajani gave us uh, gave us a real effort. Uh, just uh, took us down some. He deletes his hair. Yeah, he, yeah, he deletes his hair. <laughs> and others. Along with other things. But B. Scott's in the building today. We're going to have a good time like we have all week. That's right. Not a deleter, by the way. Love the energy. That's right. Love, Love the energy and not a deleter, by the way. So bringing that, bringing that element. That's right. Not yes, sir. so much so he's not a deleter. He just he was just blessed to be able to get into the dock around 12 minutes <laughs> That's ago. That's so true. I didn't have an opportunity right. to delete a damn thing. Well, I mean, thing. it's not your fault. It's, it's, it's obviously Sean Bajani has left us wounded, and we're uh, we're untrustworthy. So uh, we waited. Sean messing up my access to we the drive Google Doc. I'm supposed to have access to them damn things, man. All right. Messing up my access, dog. All right, T-Mill today, uh, we're all waiting and wondering if at uh, at five uh, at five forty, if he actually will have done uh, the best of as he has promised, um, not again. And his laziness, uh, I'm I'm believing in today as a leader and the clear leader of this show. I have I have uh, put my foot down, so I am uh, I am I am pretty confident that we will have the best of today, uh, or I got to really start to look at myself in the mirror. So that's coming up at five forty. Uh, hopefully you, you enjoy yourself, um, and I and I can't wait. And see, uh, I'm looking at Tyler through the glass, and he is leaking confidence about this should, proclamation that you should. just made. He's had clear leaking clear time, <laughs> um, and I'm not even going to have the expectation that I hear Brandon on there. Although I believe on a Friday he can get that turned around in there quick enough, but um, should uh, should have some Clint, some Sean, myself. I mean, of, I, I was on earlier in the week too with y'all. So you were, you I mean, there, there's on, so. there's more opportunity there. It don't have to just be today too. So I mean, really, be folks too many excuses, there, man. Uh, really, the fighting Tyler's no uh, no excuses. Um, uh, no excuses. What 
whatsoever. All right, um, today is, um, uh, if I got this right, Tyler, today, D'Amico Ryan's interview, that's the latest? Yes, sir, it's D'Amico Day. And uh, really, D'Amico is outside of um, the other guy that's the uh, offensive coordinator in, uh, in New, New York. York for the Giants. Mike Kafka, yeah, he'll interview Sunday. <laughs> the other guy. I purposely didn't want to say or hear his name because, you know, Mike Kafka's name puts me in a bad place. Uh, but out, thank you. Thank you. Thank but it you. ain't Kafka's fault. It's, it's the rest of our fault. Just stop saying his name. It's the collective fault. Just stop saying his name. There we go. He is the only one that has not interviewed yet after today. D'Amico Ryans, former Houston Texan. Right. I, I, this would be accurate probably even over Sean Payton, the fan favorite. I think so, for sure. If we did a poll on Sports Radio 610 and put up the top five, D'Amico Ryan's name would probably win out of who do you want to be the head coach by the Houston Texans? Yeah, there's already a connection to D'Amico Ryan's from his time here, obviously, and he doesn't cost a draft pick. And he's been successful as a coach, as a coordinator on top of that. So so he, he checks all the boxes of connecting with the fans, not costing what the best candidate would cost, what was probably the best candidate would cost, and then also, and, uh, and, and then also having success. So yeah, he's had success as a coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. So he would be the the, the guy. I, this this was my thinking, fellas. Who who is sitting in a position of power in this Zoom interview? Who it like? I mean, because you really normally you think about an interview process, and it is like hell. All of you, you place yourself. You've been in interviews. Generally, when you have interviewed for a job, hell, Tyler, I know when you interviewed for this one, you wouldn't sit in a place of power. Very, very opposite of that, actually. <laughs> very, very minimal power. Maybe, Brandon, you were. Maybe you were sitting in a place of you could choose where the hell you wanted to go. The the website and digital situation here was pretty bad when I got here. I will say that. Yeah, man. I was, but but I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it power. No. Yeah, not me. I was uh, I was fired. Um, I didn't have a job either. At the uh, time. I was fired. I was. Uh, I did have a job. I was two kids and one on the way, um, and uh, and you know I had a couple of other options, but I wasn't dealing with a lot of power here. Wasn't dealing with a lot of power. Most people aren't. Who who is it? Because most most people most people the person who is interviewed they want the job, and the the person who is doing the interviewing as Kyle McNair and Hannah and and, and Nick are the ones who generally have the power because they have multiple options. I, I don't think it's that way in this case. I, I, I think if it were to me to guess, I think D'Amico, even though he's never been a head coach and he's not like Sean Payton, because Sean Payton's Zoom interview, he damn sure was dealing in a place of power. Like he was, it was, it was uh, an interview more the other way. This one, I still think D'Amico Ryans is dealing from a pretty good space of power in this in this interview because. I think he he clearly has options, and clearly I think the McNairs and Nick Casario have to do more of selling of the Texans to him probably than he really needs to do selling of D'Amico Ryans to them. Yeah, they so the, the Texans and Cal McNair, the McNair family and Nick Casario, I would say they hold the one position of power of just having the, the money trump card. They could money whip, in theory, whichever candidate that they really want, whether that be D'Amico or Sean Payton paying him the $25 million that he's asking for, whatever it is, they hold the power from that standpoint that they, they are just richer than whoever it is that they're going to be interviewing. But past that, the point that you're making about them having to sell the Texans and more than anything, 
sell the front office because we know what makes this job appealing. That's the thing for me is that everything that sells the job in a positive way, everything that's positive about this, this opportunity or is the known is the things that you know about. They've got the number two overall pick. They got, you know, five picks in the first three rounds. They got all of this money in cap space. They got all of this, all of these tools, but the part that needs to be sold is the unknown. The part that where they don't hold a position of power is the stuff that people aren't really necessarily sure about. How are things being operated and what is the working relationship going to be like with the McNair family and with Nick and, 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 and with Nick Casario? And can I trust can I trust There you go. Can, can I trust can what I you're trust telling me this, right now? This this group, can I trust this crew with all of these resources that you're selling me on? Because I think I made this analogy yesterday when I was on within the loop. Like I can have the ingredients, I can have the recipe of something that you think tastes good, but if you come in my kitchen and it's dirty, or you don't trust me as a cook, you know what I'm saying? Like if you don't trust the cook to to make the ingredients, you might not be interested in eating the meal. You're gonna be far less interested in that dish. So that I'd to probably, me, I'd probably still taste it. But you would be a little skeptical. You come in my, you come in, on what it was. You no, know, come in the kitchen and you're like, is that is that hair on the stove? Like you you're gonna be you're gonna be a little you're gonna be a little uh, a little skeptical. So th- but they, what it, but what so is, they they gotta is sell it, that. Is it? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> That's the, the question. Hair on the stove. I'm I just saying, is the hair away from the? There should be no damn hair on the stove, yeah. man. I mean, but if it, man, if it's like <laughs> zero if it, hair, if it like if it's like a chicken parm <laughs> that looks real good though, <laughs> like and the and the cheese is bubbling and so, the, so bro, did you eat lunch? Yeah, I was gonna say so. He's no, not a candidate no, I'm just saying, for anything. Like, I mean, he, hey, you're I'm not like, operating hey, in a position of power. Shout out to soda, but. If that is, if it looked like some real, if you use some real good grease on that, uh, uh, you know, on that catfish, that and I, I may take a look at it still. Wait, how if we go from chicken parm to catfish? I'm just thinking yeah. about different things. Yeah, show is hungry. You, I should have brought no, you to Boudreaux's with me yesterday no, no, for the you, you for the make, 24th uh, anniversary food, of Boudreaux. You go make food analogies; it may get away from me. But to get back to it, and, and <laughs> old outside, show came out a bit there. And outside of the bit. catfish, I mix my cat my my tartar sauce with hot sauce straight up. They, but, they had that fish plate for nine ninety nine at Boudreaux's, man. You should <laughs> all day. The fish plate for nine ninety nine and three dollar uh, rum margaritas. Mm, yeah, it was, mm. it was. It was. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. To make the point though, to, to, to the other point of that is, is you said trust. Like they have to, they have to <laughs> sell. Candidates like Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryan's, who I think are the top two candidates. Yeah. Rather, however you 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 have them one or two, they got to sell them on one. Hey, trust us. This is going to be the element of how things are going to go. However, you're going to report here. You're going to report here. This is who has the final say. So this is how the 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 the, the, the hierarchy is going to be. They have to sell candidates on that and then they also have to sell candidates that they got to trust them that this is actually how it's going to be because yeah. it ain't just a the texans may have lost the benefit of the doubt with some people of all right man if we tell you this is how it's going to be no but really is it yeah like how much so they have a lot to sell like i think you said it before before the show there, there's some candidates on here that maybe not be may not be dealing in a place of power. Like yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know yeah, if. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brown ain't dealing. I don't in know no if place Tom is. He, uh, glad to get this interview. You know, I, I don't, hell, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if some of these cats are dealing with a place of power, but I think D'Amico definitely is because D'Amico has, I think, it, the Denver Broncos flew to him to go see him to go get him. Like they, I mean, they, he has options, so they have to come. 
correct and really have to be ready to sell it and have to sell it way better than Cal McNair sold some of the things that he said and questions he tried to answer when he was on here with uh, with, with specifically Sean and Seth when it, it took him a while to answer some questions. So they've got to do as much selling, if not more, to a guy like D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, I 100% believe that Texans' ownership and management, so meaning the McNairs and Nick Casario, are well aware of some of the credibility and trust issues that might exist throughout the league. And so, like, show that was one of the reasons why when we talked to Nick Casario, so right before he did the interview with Payne and Pendergast, when he did that media availability with the reporters, and he was asked the question about, hey, how do you, how are you going to sell yourselves to or, or sell like a, an African-American candidate that you're not going to just fire a black candidate after firing one in back-to-back years after a one-and-done season? And to me, like, obviously that is a question, but even a bigger question is how are you going to sell yourselves as trustworthy and credible as, like, you know exactly what you're doing, like, regardless of what color those uh, coaches were, you just fired coaches in back-to-back years and showed a lack of vision and sort of like direction of where exactly this franchise is going. So while you got all of these assets, how do I know, how can I trust, where's the credibility exactly that I know exactly that you know what you're doing? So that was why that was the question for me to Nick Casario. I was like, how are you guys going to do that and sell yourselves or sell your candidates on, hey, this is a credible and viable organization, not just one that has failed its way up into draft picks and failed its way into extra cap space and all of that because time has elapsed, but we actually are cooks in this kitchen and know what to do with these ingredients. Like that's exactly what they got to do. And when you talk about operating a position of power, like, yeah, they got the money, they can money with whoever it is, but say that person got options. Like you assume D'Amico Ryan's and certainly Sean Payton does guys like that. Yeah. You got to sell that trailer rolling frame text line. Uh, Tyler's question of the day. Do you believe who, who of the two, the McNair's, or or D'Amico Ryans, who is in the power seat? Who is in the power seat in this interview? I just made up Tyler's question of the day. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, do we do we have a new thing we're yeah, doing? We got a new segment. Tyler's question of the question it's of the day. Tyler's the, question of the day. The trainer will and frame text line. Who's in the power seat? The McNairs, Nick Casario, the Texans, or D'Amico Ryans? I, I just there, there's a lot to uncover with D'Amico as he interviews today. I just I I wanted to throw just I just wanted to throw something out about this coaching search that I, I, I got a, I got a, a, just a, just a taste of concern about. We talked about the top three, right? And I, we talked about the top three that we feel are, if we had to rank just from, we know of, of the Texans, who we think the top three are. We think one, two in some form or fashion is D'Amico and Sean Payton. And then, I think, Tyler, we agreed the third would be Jonathan Gannon. Yes, sir. People seem to be really impressed with Jonathan Gannon. We've heard Jonathan Gannon connected. I think they can hire Jonathan Gannon. I think D'Amico and I think Sean Payton, is, is they got competition, and that's a little bit more difficult. Not a Gannon. I think they can get Jonathan Gannon, and I think a big piece of why they can get Jonathan Gannon is because nobody else is interviewing Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> it was Not like, again. Are the Texans? Was got like one or two other interviews? Maybe. Oh, I don't. I don't see. I have. I, I have it. I have looked up, and 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 found a sit, uh, a site here, Football Scoop of, of of pairing all of the GM and the coachings, the coaches that each team that have openings there have requested interviews for, and, and had interviews with, and the only name 
and team that Jonathan Gannon lands under is the Houston Texans. Hmm. So, I, 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 I had heard rumors that maybe the Cardinals had tried to, but it just says the Cardinals requested an interview with Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryans and Brian Flores. I'm just saying, are the Texans going to do this for a third year in a row? Are they going to potentially hire a coach that nobody else in the interview cycle has interviewed? Not again. Maybe they know something that we don't know. Like they did with David Cully yeah. and, and Lovey. Not again. And, and Josh McCown. Yeah, yeah, they're insightful on this kind of thing, man. I just, I, I just, come on, man. Please. I just, I, I, I'm ex- I need Jonathan to get another interview just to, to make you feel better about it. That would be three years in a row. Three years in a row, and I'll throw Josh McCown in there because we all know that's who they wanted to hire. Three years in a row, four guys they hired or wanted to hire, if they hired Jonathan Gannon, would have not interviewed in the interview cycle with anybody else. Yeah, the, the only theory there, show is that for whatever reason, Jonathan Gannon and the Texans are some, you know, theoretical match made in heaven, and that's where exactly Jonathan Gannon thinks that he's going and maybe he's not looking at these other places, and these other places, therefore, aren't really looking at him because they feel like he's looking more so into the place that he just interviewed at. Like, that's that's the only way that it would make sense. Otherwise, your theory would be true that they are possibly looking at the least desirable candidate or the least sought-after candidate, I should say. I just I, – I just – just be three in a row. That just seemed to have not worked to interview to, – to hire the guy that nobody else had showed interest in. yeah. Yeah, but uh, maybe that, maybe this time the third time's the charm, and they and they know what they're doing. I just I'm just looking at that. I'm like, they're gonna do this for a third straight year. Yeah, but I would say another pushback I would have on that is that at least Jonathan Gannon is coming from he, even if he's not interviewing at other places, it's not like he's coming out of nowhere. Kind of like how David Cully was as a position as a long time position coach. How Lovey Smith that had not fair. been on anybody's radar for a very valid reason. Jonathan Gannon at least still is an up-and-coming and and successful second-year defensive coordinator for a defense that right now is the, you know, the number one seed in the NFC. They've been one of the better teams all year. His unit specifically has been excellent. So, So at the very least, you can see the potential in and maybe even more so question, hey, why isn't Jonathan Gannon getting more looks as opposed to why are the Texans only looking at or looking at the least yeah, sought after candidate. Yeah, this is the Texans, so their track record. Yeah, uh, doesn't roll with that. You're yeah, right. They, they earn that. There's they earn five, that. five teams that are looking for a coach, and he is the only one that the Texans. Yeah, Texans it's not like any of these five teams. We feel like really know what they're doing. It's so I mean, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, we can go that way. We can spin it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of them I really just, have credibility. They're, hope, they're here for a reason. I would just hope it doesn't happen that way for a third straight year. All right, Brandon Scott's got a message. I I just. I don't believe what Brandon Scott is about to say is really happening. Brandon says he has proof, and Brandon says he's got he's to let people have it and kill this narrative for once. I don't believe the narrative. I won't believe the narrative is still out there, but he says he's got proof. We'll, we'll listen to that coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Oh, I see Tyler fighting them off on the trailer wheel and frame text line, baby. What are they saying? I ain't checking. I don't know. What don't they come up about? in here with that. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Power move. Who's, hold, who's holding the keys? Who's holding the keys? The keys, the keys. Who's the holding keys, the keys. Don't do it. Please don't do that. <laughs> All right, Tyler. I can't wait to hear this because B, B. Scott, I, I just don't even believe this. Brandon Scott. Oh, yeah. Let me pull this up. Yeah, man. Brandon this is, this Scott. This is real. I'm not sent, kidding. Sent this Because I haven't even made mention to this. 
because it's dead. All right? Uh, somebody in this city was easily first on this. Because when I say easily first on this, because this was not a very difficult one, I don't know what was going on some portions of your head that wanted to hang in on this. But I didn't have to mention it anymore because it was dead. This thing was dead about 12 weeks ago. Maybe maybe more than that. But B. Scott, Tyler, hit us up on the group, on the group chat. These Mills truthers are still alive out there. They're not. They no, they're not. I have not seen any. Stop this bull crap. Almost said it. I've not seen. I had. I ain't seen. I ain't seen nobody on the trailer Willard frame text line. I had nobody hit me up. Even that one dude who swears up and down about Davis Mills. You know who you are on the, on the tweets. I'm a part I of the Mills mafia too. I had nobody hit me up saying that they still think there's a chance. You're telling me General still, Mills has an they, army no, still? No, there's not. There's nobody. Just his mom and his dog and his girlfriend. Scott says there's a General Mills he's army still I mean, out it, there. It's a hit army. It's an army he's that's lost couple, the war. He's got a couple of friends But teetering. it's still an institution. So you said, you're saying, you you because he's talking about, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta call out these, these, these Mills truthers. I'm They're a not part anymore. of the Mills mafia too. So Lovey's I, gone. So I put out a tweet that I thought was going to be universally appreciated or praised. At the very least, no controversy here, right? John McClain, the general, the actual general, all right, senior Texans columnist for SportsRadio610.com. John McClain doesn't mince words here. And he puts out just a a column going over the situation with D'Amico Ryan's uh, interview for today with the Texans. He'll be on here at 4 o'clock, by the way. Okay, so yeah. So we're going to talk to John in about an hour and a half from now. And I quote tweet the station's tweet that's putting out his column about D'Amico. And I say, hey, give Houston D'Amico and the Shanahan Kubiak Walsh offense with a QB at number two. And let's roll. Let's do it. Let's go. And I got some folks that fix their mouths to say, and I know these aren't burners because I've, gotta be I've strong, man. interacted gotta be. with these accounts before. And they say, hey. They're not bots. A Shan- no, these are not bots. The Shanahan Kubiak offense would be more favorable with Mills at QB and building around him. Building around him. Oh my God. Simple tweet. Mills over young. You know the, the symbol over, right? The the math symbol. Mills over young. Boy. Over that escalated meaning quickly. Davis Mills over Bryce Young. I've got more. I'd love to see what Mills can do I don't believe these with really. a competent team. And coaching, these are my followers. I'm not, I don't want to put them out on blast like that because they're not public figures. But these are some of my followers and folks that, hey, hey I follow back and that we act interact with on Twitter. And I don't feel like they're alone. Y'all let us know if you're a part of this Mills Army. If you feel that, hey, actually, what we should do. No, stop it. There's people on the text line. Oh, Davis Mills it. is the truth. Hey, Shut up. The That's truth. That's got to be a joke. What's the the, the truth about what? <laughs> nah, these people aren't. What is the truth about? <laughs> no, they're just doing this. What truth? They're trying to. I'm not gonna fall for it. They're trying to irritate me. So they know this is something that will get me get under my skin, and I'm not falling for it. Well, I mean, he did have a good last what four or five games of the season because that's the thing that he does. That's Mills's thing. Is at the end of the season when everything is lost and nothing matters anymore, and it's the final five or six games of the season. Oh yeah. He has a couple of good games. That's that's his thing. He was forced to split time with Jeff Driscoll. There's not people aren't serious. Thank you. He's true ass. 
as a player, I, I would assume, not yeah. as a person. Yeah, no, he's uh, like, Davis is all right. He's and then I see, see people texting in General Mills. It's my favorite. Davis Mills will be good once he goes somewhere else. He couldn't have possibly played well in this system. Oh, the guy system. is drunk. It's a system. But, show this is the thing, though, man. We got to stop doing this now that they got the number two overall pick and there are actual guys that are worth taking with the number two overall pick. There, like there are at least two quarterbacks. It seemed like these individuals are, are saying not as like a backup role. Like they think he'd have Yeah, no, so the, the so goes the theory is draft one of these defensive players, okay, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, draft one of those guys since the defense is so bad and run it back with Mills. And if you're going to hire D'Amico and bring in the West Coast offense and do the Kubiak thing, then Davis Mills is the guy to build around. What are we doing, guys? We just did this last year, and it it made a little bit more sense then when at number three there wasn't a quarterback that you believed to be worth taking at number three. And at that point, you could run the risk of – there actually was no risk of seeing what you had in Davis Mills. We are past that point now. Davis Mills is going to be on the team, or at least can be on the team. He can be a backup quarterback on the team. There's no problem with that. But this whole let's run it back and build around him – Take the defensive play. I don't have a problem with taking the defensive player if that's what you want to do, but not with the logic of, hey, we're going to go with Mills, and we're going to pass up on two guys that actually are worth taking at number two overall. I don't understand the logic in that. That, This makes my head. I don't get it. I'm confused. Somebody explain it to me. Explain it to me. I I just, I don't know. Like, as someone said here, Sean Payton would fix Mills. I think he would make him better than he has been. But fixing to what? Davis Mills is not a starting NFL quarterback. He's just not. I mean, he's not he, like he is. A, yeah, he's a backup no, quarterback who you and can and start. It, and it's not technically. And, and it's not the system. It's not just the system. Like, like for instance, he would not be doing what Brock Purdy is doing if yeah, he were perfect. in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I, I've so, seen. I've totally seen agree. enough. Like, can you admit that, Tyler? I know this is hard. You bought oh, his no, 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 it's not hard for me. Like, Brock Purdy I, was Mr. Irrelevant, the yes. last pick of the draft. And he's and looked Davis pretty was, good. It, wait, wait, and Brock, Dav- right? And Davis, yeah. <laughs> and Davis was a third-round pick who many of many people also fixed their, uh, their chapped-ass lips to say he would have been the first pick. No, Purdy's the, done things on the, the football field draft, we never saw from Mills. And I understand Purdy has far better coaching with, with – uh, with Kyle Shanahan. No, but, no, 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 and no. But, but, Kyle, but I'm telling you, what's my man's name? Uh, Johnson. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson be playing quarterback right now. Davis Mills was in San Francisco. Dude. Dude. Now, here we go. It's coming in. Daniel oh, no, Jones no. is doing well. <laughs> he can't do what Daniel yeah, Jones wh- can do. What does that mean? He can't. He can't. Hey, look, this is my what? favorite one. This is my favorite this one. Is from, from, no, look, from, the, from, from, from 4380. Give Davis seven years and he'll beat Geno Smith. I can't tell if that's just a backhanded oh, I compliment. Like that one. I give, like him, that one. give him seven years and he'll be, you, can, you know, the the Geno fifth, Smith, you know, twelfth or thirteenth best starter in the league. Geno Smith made the Pro Bowl this year. You can give him twelve years. He's not doing that. Shout out to those of you that are you, sane though on the text line and saying what we all know and Mills is not very good. Yeah, so this is the small minority then. He's a low spade that I, that I've encountered in saying something that that's I thought true. was not at all controversial or playing, worth worthy of pushback. If you was playing spades, like what card would he be? Oh, he's a Davis Mills? If you was yeah. playing the game of spades, he's a low spade. 
Davis Mills? I think he's a I think he's a a jack of clubs. <laughs> <laughs> you really that's really never gonna walk. It may it may walk. If we playing a game to five hundred, it may walk it may walk once in a hand. Yeah. And he's a he's a jack of clubs. Jack of clubs. I I almost want to make a graphic <laughs> with Tyler, you should get on that. That's a jack of clubs. All right, coming up. <laughs> I uh, listen. I'm concerned about a guy who I think could really be the next fan favorite in this city. Could really be the next fan favorite in this city. Like the guy that little kids around Houston would be wearing his jersey. But I am really concerned because, as you know, I get a little worried. A little worried. I'm getting a little scared a little bit about what I'm seeing. We'll discuss that next. Bury me in the H. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Uh, welcome back. Clint Sterner is out. He is in Cabo with his beautiful bride enjoying himself. But uh, Brandon Brandon Scott, SportsRadio610.com, uh, is on with us. Uh, shout out to all of those who are old enough to have remembered uh, on a night like this, uh, on a Friday night, about 15 years ago, when you'd watch BET Uncut and see some fantastic videos. I'll take all takers right now. Trailer will in frame text line 713-572-4610. If you are a member of the I Watched BET Uncut, send in your favorite video, Tyler. And, and there's a generation that doesn't understand there's some the, people the, 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 there's, there's some people that there, it's it is a certain generation yeah that, that there's some people think like wow what was what's he talking about BT yeah uncut. i think there's a few of you in here i that did, land right yeah. into that demographic that knows that remembers some of the videos yeah either the late 90s or early 2000s had to be a special time in your life mm. uh, and, and not just special but specific in terms of like there's some great ones you know what i mean where you were where your headspace was what you were most interested in. So, yeah. And there's a generation now that cannot relate to the value of BET Uncut. Because, mm. you know, Uncut is just available to you on your phone and wherever you want to find it. But, yeah. Nelly but had you, a gym. You, you, had to, you had to go and, and get it. You had to go to BET to go get mm. it and, and stay up for it. Nelly had a gym. Um, all right. I, here, here's my take on I'm, – I'm concerned with Jalen I'm I'm concerned with the Rockets. I think this is probably at this point right now, unless they're somehow able to pull off this uh, this number one pick and they get old Vic W. Yeah, that would be an eraser of all, of all things. That, that, that's a game changer here. But right now, it would appear that Jalen Green. We've seen the influx of young talent to the to the Rockets. Jalen Green would would be the guy that you would say, all right. This is who we're hoping right now to be the top young guy. Oh, they're coming in right now. Uh, this would be my top young guy. The guy we're going to say, all right, we're going to put. We want this to be our John Morant. I believe you've uh, you've hoped to compare him to be that. Yeah, I, th- I want, thought he was going to be the more well, off-ball listen, version. This year, yeah. this is year two. We yeah. want him to be, you know, what Donovan Mitchell was to help Utah rise up. We want him to be. You know what Booker is in Phoenix. We like we want him to be our star that it, that helps the Houston Rockets get back into a contender. We want him to be potentially our one, a one like a Jason Tatum 
or Brown, a one or a two that can win a championship. That's what that's what the hope is. You draft him at two. He's that talented. As I said yesterday, we've had we had our guy um, uh, Ryan McDonough, who was the GM of the Suns, come on and said, "Yep, I like Cade Cunningham, but the best player I like Evan uh, Mobley, but the best player in the draft for me." I think it'll be the best scorer in the draft is Jalen Green. I will keep an eye on that, Ronnie. And the other night he was fantastic. Incredible. If efficient yep. when you look at the line. Forty one points, something like sixteen or twenty four. Yep, yep. From the field. Yeah, made his first like oh, ten shots, maybe. Looked good. Forty one. Yep. They played against the other worst team in basketball, the Charlotte Hornets. Yep. They, and then in the midst of their twelfth twelfth loss. They lost their twelfth in a row. I'm getting scared. I'm getting scared that he is becoming the kind of star we've seen. And I'm using star in quotes. He's becoming a numbers compiler. Oh, we've seen him, folks. Hell, you've seen him here. Carmelo Anthony, numbers compiler. Stephon Marbury, you remember him? Numbers compiler. This might hurt. Steve Francis, numbers compiler. A franchise. Saw him right here in Houston numbers. Like, we've seen him in the league right now. Zach Levine in Minnesota, Chicago. Numbers compiler. We've seen we've seen several of them. Guys that, boy, you look up at the end of the year, damn, he scored like 22 a game, yeah. 23 a game. Look at his numbers. Kevin Love, numbers compiler in Minnesota. Volume he's, stats. He's looked up. I mean, he's, and boy, he scores. Look at him. Don't do nothing to an ounce of affecting winning. Like, you can go look up, like some of those guys I've named, those numbers could mirror what John Morant's numbers are. But they in no way affect winning in the way that John Morant does. I'm getting concerned that Jalen Green, and I know you cover and watch them every night, but I'm getting concerned that Jalen is more sliding over to the Carmelo, Stephon Marbury, Steve Francis numbers compiler than a guy that's actually a Affecting winning like a John Morant does in Memphis, like a, a Devin Booker who does now in Phoenix, because Devin was kind of in that, that. You're hoping maybe that, that Jalen kind of finds it like Devin, because Devin was kind of in that numbers compiler role too. I'm getting concerned that he is that and not a guy that affects winning enough. Yeah, so I'm I'm not even that far because the <laughs> oh, you're not even yeah because the issue like show I could even get there if he was compiling numbers more often, like. He he has these games more sporadically than anything. Like, like he's not a numbers compiler right right now for me because on some nights he's not really compiling numbers, or he does have the counting stat of thirty points on thirty shots or whatever it is. You know, like the if the efficiency or inefficiency right now and lack of consistency is the issue. Like, I would almost be more encouraged, show if he was actually compiling numbers more. But the numbers are so damn inconsistent that, to me, that's the issue of why I don't know if he's going to be the type of player that affects winning because I don't know if he can do it again, if he can replicate it night in and night out. And we saw him do it at the end of his rookie year where he had that stretch there at the end of the year where he was starting to look like that guy. Uh, We've seen it at various times, I think, early on in the season, really early on in the season, he was better defensively. He was more efficient. Oh, the defense the, the, is nothing to. Oh, oh, the the defense has gone in the tank because he's because he's, he's not even trying, which is also discouraging because he's out there as gifted and likely more gifted than anybody else Absolutely. out there that's on the floor with him. So it's like, man, if you just try, you by nature of trying will be better. But 
my man doesn't do, doesn't always do it. The repeatability of it all. It doesn't happen on a night in and night out basis. If he was more often compiling numbers, I would feel a lot better about it. But the damn numbers are so damn inconsistent. Like that's the thing. That's that's the issue for me right now. So I think I think effort is an issue right now. I think consistency is an issue right now. I think the jump shot is a major issue right now. Uh, it, it wasn't an issue, to be fair, the other night. He looked really good. Like, I want to give him his credit when he does look good. But the issue is the consistency or lack thereof. It's like, hey, man, if like if, if you're going to be the centerpiece of what you were getting at when you were setting this up, the best player on a team that could legitimately win a championship, okay, you've got to be way more consistent than that. You've got to be way more reliable than that. What's the, this? Issue, the issue with the, with the Celtics last year was because – Jason Tatum on some nights would look like the best player in the league, and then on other nights he would look yeah. like you know maybe a top thirty player in the league. But he's a but, but he's but he, but he came around. He's yeah, yeah, no, no, no yeah. That, that, that's a, that that would be a better example yeah. of it. What, what what's his numbers, Tyler? That's because the compiling is what I'm saying. Is just it, he's it, like I bet you if you read off his stats, like especially just the numbers. We're talking Jalen Green. Jalen Green. Mister yeah. Jalen Green is averaging this season. 22 points, four rebounds, and 3.6 assists. So right, right in the middle there, like, between three. You know, and four. 20, 22 points a game, right? Like I mean, that, that is that's just compi- like you looked that up. Oh man, he's averaging 22 in year two, but it does not affect winning whatsoever. Yeah, whatsoever. And it's just like you you look at, like I could like I can maybe Zach Levine. I bet you he's well over 20 point a game score in his career. He has not affected winning ever. Yeah, ever and. And like he'll he'll have numbers that rival all stars, and now I want to say this: it ain't all on Jalen because they do they do need to get somebody in here to help him know how to not be a numbers compiler, how right. to add to winning. And I do like Devin Booker is the hope because Devin Booker was a guy who I think was really in this role, and then Chris Paul came over. They had guys like Jay Crowder come over. Guys that have been winners and won in the league that helped him understand, like, all right, this this is how you add things to win. This is how you add things to make people better. This is how you have to defend. This has to play every night and not just rack up numbers. Yep. And so it's not all on Jalen, because the only person that got over here to do that is is, is Eric Gordon. And then I mean and Eric's checked out. Eric's ready and to er- go. And Eric's checked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Eric's Eric's out there like Brandon Cooks, basically. So, I mean, it's just... It, also not his personality either. No. Like, like, that's just not how he's built. No, so, I mean, I just... I don't want to put it all on him, but I am I am concerned that if they continue to, to let him go down this path and there is no kind of change or understanding of this, is we're going to look up four years down the line and this is a cat up here putting up 23, 24 a game and they're winning 15, hopefully. Yeah, yeah I... I feel like it's a legitimate concern. Think about it like this, show. Me and Adam Spillane did a segment on H-Town Who's podcast earlier in the week where we had a legitimate conversation about whether Alperin Shingun right now is the best player on the Rockets. Is that their best player? Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. And in nobody's reality, in nobody's reality, should he be even considered the best player on a team that has somebody with Jalen Green's talent and ability on it. But to be fair... Alperin Shingun is the most consistent of the players who would be in that conversation, of the players who could even be considered possibly the best player on the team. And it's only like, you know, three, three or four, right? He's the most consistent. Like, part of that conversation is not just a credit to how well Alperin Shingun is playing, but how disappointing, or I should say inconsistent, Jalen Green has been. And again, 
That's the that's mo- we're mostly talking about effort and consistency of effort and the jump shot being a little bit broken. Now, again, it wasn't broken the other night. It looked pretty damn good, but it's not consistent. So think about it. You're, you're at the point now where your number two overall pick is and this again, the centerpiece of your rebuild might you, you feel like might not be as consistent and as productive as the 16th overall pick and a guy who is. A sort of a throwback, not that athletic, doesn't play great defense. Like, and and, and that's not a knock on Alfred Shingoon. It's more so just saying, hey, Jalen Green should be better than this. We shouldn't be having conversations about is Alfred Shingoon better because the answer should be hell no. From the text line, trailer woman frame text line, uh, can Harden be the CP3 to Booker for Green? No thanks. Keep his honey bun eating ass where he is. That's 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 good I just, by me. Listen, I don't. That don't sound like James is bad. Basketball wise, I actually think he could, but it's all the it other, to, it's it's it, all the other things it that like to, his turdish qualities. It have to be Jalen really watching by example. Yeah, I just don't need them to ha- to be like don't sleep- watch his eating habits. I don't need them to be sleepy eyed and like pupils dilated at seven o'clock at night when the game starts. And the, and the you know what I'm saying? Just like shoveling honey buns down the gullet. Still hung over in the evening. You've got to get over these honey buns. Not, it's really? not to get over. I just no, think I, he's a weirdo. It's, it's, it's fair. Giving uh, another seven, grown man that many honey buns? Sorry. Go ahead. It was very interesting. 713, coaching affects winning. Got to have a good coach to win. No, I, I agree with you. And that's a part of what I'm saying is they've got to make a change quick to get players, coaches, people in here that can help him understand more about how it is you can affect winning and not just compiling points yeah. and compi- compiling numbers. Because I'm telling you, Carmelo never picked it up. Yeah, well, they they, they, they need the, the coach and the guy who picks the players or the person who oh, picks yeah, the they players. They need a whole they, lot. They, they need all of that. Stephon Marbury slid over to China so he could, to, so he could continue. Starbury. <laughs> Shoes and numbers. He had to continue to do that. All right, we'll keep you updated here and give you the latest. D'Amico Ryans is interviewing today. And with that, Brandon Brandon Scott had a little concern or question to raise about someone we're seeing in the league that could be the potential blueprint of what D'Amico Ryans is. We'll discuss that coming up next. 